0: Welcome to the Scarlet Tears podcast, where we talk about our favorite show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Welcome, everybody, to the first Scarlet Tears podcast. Hi. 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 We decided to do a Scarlet Tears podcast about the show, Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Um, do you ladies want to talk about the show and the characters and kind of what the show is about?
1: Yes, <laughs> that's what, why we're here. Looking
0: forward to it. Yeah, it'll be fun, I promise. The first podcast scenarios will will be done by time we're done. So, <laughs> I promise. Okay, Lindsay, start us off. What is Miss Scarlet and the Duke?
2: So, uh, Miss Scarlet and the Duke is a Victorian crime drama um, set in London in 1882 and follows the wonderful Miss Eliza Scarlet running around uh, London town making a mischief mischief of herself. And of course, she's got a few friends to kind of help her out in the Duke and her crew. And we just love it.
0: (laughs) Yes, I would easily say a lot of people love it. Um, Isabel, any other thoughts you want to talk about the show? Like, what are some of the cases I would say that she gets herself into or what 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 is the basic like what's the show tell me about the show
1: (laughs) yeah well we don't want to give away too much in case there are still people out there who haven't seen the show and are for some reason listening to our podcast but (laughs) what I think uh, is interesting about the show or what I like about the show is that there's a different case every week it's not just the murder of the week we have different cases we have um uh, it addresses a lot of subjects or issues that were topical at the time uh Mm -hmm. victorian time but they're still topical today for example sexism racism homophobia and yeah that's part of what i really love about the show You
0: would think that these are timely
1: issues
0: of like today's world, but if you think back that these are issues that they had, you know, over 150 years ago, and so it's still an issue. And so, you know, there was kind of a slightly modern twist, but it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that these issues were coming up because they were the issues of that day and time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, it kind of balances the the kind of modern day thoughts where you kind of watch it and you think that that is just as relevant now and how far we haven't really come. Mm-hmm, yeah. But also manages to do it in a way that's not, it's it's not like preaching to you at all. It's yeah, fun and it's, yeah. you can relate to it quite well.
0: I agree. So what are the main characters?
2: We have Eliza and William. Who um, who are the
0: actors that play Eliza and William?
2: So we've got we have Kate Phillips who plays um, Eliza Scarlet and Stuart Martin who plays William the Duke Wellington, and then behind that you kind of also have a lovely cast and crew with um, Kathy Benton who plays Ivy, uh, Andrew Gower who plays Rupert Parker, and a whole host of other people. Um, but they're they're just lots of lovely characters who. I think all of us who have watched it have just kind of fallen in love with um yeah. you have the wonderful Kevin Doyle who plays um Eliza's father and and he's just he's such a lovely character and he's a wonderful actor who again Henry's just kind of like dotted throughout the episodes but you feel a real instant connection to him and and connection to him and and his relationship with Eliza even though he he's kind of more around as, as moral support and, and a, a kind of a guide to her than anything else.
1: Any other characters, Isabel, that you can think of?
2: Well, Moses?
1: Moses, yes, played by Anzukabia. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I have no idea. Yeah, he's, he's a really interesting character as well. Uh, he's from Jamaica originally and he's a bit of a rogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Eliza and Moses don't start off on the best of terms, but I think by the end of season one, they've become friends. I agree.
2: He's a bit of a man of mystery, I think, is dear Moses. I think that there's there's a lot more to him than meets the eye when we first meet him. And I think that, yeah, there's there's a lot more to discover about Moses. I, I like him.
0: And I think he quickly became a fan favorite because of the way he like you said is kind of a man of mystery that we don't know much about him but the way he interacts with Eliza is very unique and so like I said became a fan favorite quickly on in the series
2: yeah you're never quite sure what Moses is gonna do in in the sense we're we're never quite sure how much we're supposed to like him how much you're not supposed to like him and you know is, is he a good guy is he not a good guy that there's a lot about Moses that that is is quite fun and interesting to watch
0: Mm -hmm. and Isabel who plays the character of Frank he's a very interesting actor
2: yes
1: Frank (laughs) is played by the absolutely lovely Danny Midwinter. and I think well when I watched the show I couldn't stand the character of Frank I know a lot of fans really liked him but I just couldn't stand him but now that I've had the chance to talk to Danny Midwinter. He's just so lovely and funny, and uh, just a super great and sweet guy. And yes, I think a lot of fans fell in love with Danny when he appeared on the Scarlet Tears chat. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely, he is a fun and vivacious guy, and it's it was a totally different point of view than what you saw of the character he played. And it was yeah. really nice to see that he was a good guy. Yeah. Not that he would be a bad guy, but he played <laughs> his character so well that it was very convincing. Yeah.
1: And then we, we have Matthew Malone, of course, who plays mm. sweet, sweet Clarence Honeychurch. Um, <laughs> he's uh, one of the policemen at Scotland Yard and he's still very young and very new to the job, I would imagine. And always fails to do his job properly Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he gets yelled at a lot and slapped (laughs) I feel very
2: sorry for Honeychurch he's stolen a little piece of my heart I have to say I'm like you poor you poor thing he's literally just trying to do a really good job and it just never quite goes his way bless him
0: He's yeah. up against two very strong characters and with Eliza and William and it never goes well, no matter how badly he wants it to go well. So, yeah, you do feel a little bit of empathy and be like, oh, you tried, <laughs> but you, you didn't quite succeed there. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And, and of course, there's the, the lovely Simon Ludders who plays Mr. Potts, who's uh, he, he's like the head mortician mortuary guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what his job exactly is, but he is—he's so funny, and yeah, Eliza and William will just—I—I I hope continue to run rings around him for a long time to come.
0: Mm-hmm. He was involved with a lot of the lighthearted, funny scenes. The show didn't get super dark, but there were moments where they went to the mortuary, and then just—it was the funniest scene of the whole episode. It's—it's it's fun to watch those three. Definitely,
1: really. Yeah. F- funny in itself because you think if you're around dead people that shouldn't be funny that shouldn't be a funny scene but they were the ones that uh, I loved at the most (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. anything else you want to tell the listeners but don't want to spoil I mean for me it's six episodes and the first three are kind of introducing the characters and getting to know them And then episode five, you really get into the meat of the whole story line that is kind of running throughout the shows. And it really, really catches hold. You really are interested in watching more. And then you realize, oh, I only have one more. And the sixth episode really lives up to the, well, that was good. (laughs) So.
2: I didn't realize when I first watched that there was only six episodes so I got to the end of the sixth episode was like oh, what do you mean there's no more well because I was like no that can't be the end
0: well I had the luxury of you guys um the show aired in um England first and then nearly a year later it aired in the United States and then between those uk and u.s states the show aired in multiple locations so international viewers there are many places you can go to watch i knew there were only six episodes and so i was counting down and i was like "Ah, i don't want it to end you know but i you know i couldn't imagine being you guys and not knowing that the sixth one was going to be the last one
2: I I definitely got to the end and was just like, well, I've missed something. I need to go back to the beginning and start again and just discovering all the things that I hadn't hadn't kind of put together. Because I think the nice thing about the show is although it is kind of like a different case in each episode, there's so much that kind of you get to the end that ties it all back together. And there's all these little bits that you kind of on first watch, you don't notice quite so much. And then when you watch it a second time, you're like, oh, that fits with that. And that fits with that. And that bit was important. And, and it, it's been really fun. And I think a lot of the, the fans that have watched it multiple times have enjoyed it in the sense that you can watch it again and again and, and notice different things every time. You kind of go, oh, I've just noticed this particular expression that somebody makes in this scene. And, and it is like discovering something new every time you watch it.
1: And, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's it's uh, it has such a depth and is so rich. Like when the first time when I watched the episodes, especially as you said, the first three are mainly introducing the characters, and I thought, well, this is this is a fun show to watch. It was during the first lockdown and. Well, there wasn't much going on <laughs> in terms of nice things, and uh, so I thought it, this is a fun show to watch, a bit of a distraction from uh, my daily life. But then I went back and rewatched the episodes after they had all aired, and I was like, oh my god, there's so much more to discover and so much more detail in all the episodes. And every time I rewatch now, I discover something new or I read the posts in our Facebook group, Scarlet Tears. <laughs> bit of a shout out. <laughs> then I realize if someone points out something and says, oh, I discovered this about the episode. And I go like, wow. Oh, wow. I did see that. I have watched the episodes like 10 times and there's still new things to discover. I think our fans um, in our Scarlet tear
0: fan group in, on Facebook are very keen and they watch little details like I remember there was an instance with a letter I won't say what the letter was about but they were saying oh does she is she holding the letter I didn't see it on the desk and they did screen captures and they were zooming in and just it was like this whole big discussion on what was this letter where you know what was she doing with the letter was she holding it was it on the desk and it's just it was phenomenal to watch these super fans almost dive into these really tiny details I'm just like what letter I don't know <laughs> at that point in time I was like wow wow guys um like if there's another scene or not a scene but an instance where a fan like screenshots and there's this door they find they discover behind Scarlett's desk in her office well what does that door lead to where does it go? Do they, you know? And so there was a discussion on, well, what could it be? You know, one said, maybe it's, you know, like a bathroom. Maybe it's another exit. <laughs> maybe it's like a coat closet. And it's just like, I just am stunned when they go to that depth of learning this show. It's just amazing.
2: I've, I find it quite funny in that I wonder sometimes we pick up on things. Like you say, that letter to us, as, as fans watching it, we've picked up on it and we kind of like, that's a really important moment in this scene for, for two characters. And we're like, they definitely say about this letter, he definitely says the one exists. And well, where is it? And, and, and it kind of ties into a later a later scene. And you're like, oh, well, well, is she reading it there? And it's kind of you kind of go, well, is it meant to be that important? <laughs> or, or is it as important as we as fans think? And things like that. There's, there's another particular item which William has, which it, to us fans, we've kind of taken that particular item to heart. And we're like, that's a big deal. And I recently rewatched the episode six when it aired here on, in the UK. It, it airs on, a, on a, a channel called Alibi. And I recently rewatched it when it aired at midnight. I recorded it. I didn't stay up till midnight. And this particular item is edited out, a, a line is edited out of a particular scene. And I, I, I was sitting there going, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. That That's really important to us fans because we've like really zoned in on this particular item. And, and then I'm like, oh, maybe it's not supposed to be as big of a deal as we think. So I find it really funny and really amusing kind of how as fans we've kind of picked up on little things and, and I kind of go, oh, I wonder if that's as important or maybe it was just kind of a, a put in as a, as a bit of a side note, like with the letter. That You're like, oh, maybe it's not as important as we think. But as a fan, it, it's become a really big thing.
0: We'll have to wait till season two to see if the letter is resolved. I don't know. It, it's not. It's resolved, I guess. It could be no big thing. It could be an enormous thing. We'll I'm see. putting
2: it down to the continuity fairy having having um you know a coffee break on that particular scene. Oh, we forgot to include that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they just need filler, and they forgot to put it, you know, or edit it. It is. It is very interesting to see what yeah. the fans attach themselves to, and it just shows that this show is a fabulous deep wonderful thing even on your third or fourth rewatch you're catching new things you're looking at things differently and it's just it's kind of why the show has become this dark horse phenomenon it's just kind of started with you guys and then it just as it slowly rolled out in other countries just became a bigger and bigger thing and now we're waiting for season two to come so at least we'll have a season two
2: Yay! Yeah! We're very excited about season two. We are
0: very yes, excited. Very, <laughs> very. Well, we're gonna stay calm until we have details of season two. So
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, so that was the show without trying to spoil anything. We hope we didn't spoil anything. Um, so let's kind of introduce ourselves. Let's start with Isabel. Um, how did you come to miss Scarlett and the duke and tell us you know slightly a little bit about yourself not a lot where are you from
1: kind of thing so um i'm from germany as you can probably hear from my lovely accent <laughs> and i came to miss Scarlett and the duke well the short answer is andrew gower of course <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably it's probably safe to say i'm his number one fan Very safe to say. (laughs) He gave that title to somebody else and I still hold it against him. (laughs) But I think I am. So I I run a fan site for him, Andrew uh, Gower fan site. And I learned in June 2019 that he had a new job, a new character that he would play. And at the time, I still didn't know what it was. Just as a reference, Miss Scarlet and the Duke season one was filmed between July and September 2019 so it was before they even started filming and then of course I put my Eliza hat on (laughs) which which I didn't know at the time existed (laughs) Um, and I tried to find out more about this new project of his and at one point I saw a tweet by Declan Ottweier, who was the director for season one And he didn't mention the show, but he mentioned um, Stuart Martin and Kate Phillips and Andrew. And then it kind of began that I tried to find out more and more. And then I found out the title. I found out a little bit about the plot line. And I love Victorian times. I love period drama. And um, one of my favorite shows growing up with Remington Steele. And it just sounded like a Victorian-era Remington Steel to me. So I, I thought, I'm going to love this show. I haven't even seen one picture of it or one episode, but I think I'm going to love it. And so I decided in September 2019, just after they finished filming, to start Scarlet Tears. First as a fan page on Facebook and then later as a fan group. And here we are.
2: And we're here? very grateful you made that decision.
1: We really are. We really are.
2: Okay.
0: Um, I will go next. My name is Amanda. I am from the United States, as you can tell by my lovely accent. I know I've, I came to the show, Miss Scarlett the Duke, through Isabel. I'm an online friend of hers. We connected through Andrew somehow. Andrew Gower was the Bonnie Prince Charlie in Outlander and I found Isabel in another group somewhere and I we quickly became friends I guess <laughs> I mean I, I know but like I mean quickly I guess it was just so long ago that I don't quite remember how quickly but we quickly became good friends and so I've kind of followed her we have several groups together um admin groups i won't mention those but when she started scarlet tears i joined the group because i wanted to support her and support andrew at the same time um isabel told me oh andrew's in the new show it's called scarlet tears and i also am a big fan of period drama i love you know anything with mystery anything with history so I was on board even though I also didn't know anything about the show. So I joined Skyle Tears early on, I guess, maybe when it aired in the UK. It aired in the UK March of 2020, yeah. I think. And it didn't air in the US until January, mm-hmm. am I right? January of 2021. So it was quite a long wait for me. But I kind of tried to not spoil myself, but fall in love with the look of the characters and the love of the fans in the show, you know, kind of really got me attached even before seeing the show. That's why I am here is Isabel and Andrew.
1: It all comes back to Andrew. <laughs> it all comes back to Andrew.
2: Um, Lindsay, what about you? Um, so for me, I um, being in the UK, I got to kind of see it when it aired here in March last year, and I kind of I saw a trailer for it on Alibi, and just kind of thought crime drama tick, lovely looking female detective at the front of it. Yep, like the sound of that, and yeah, it just kind of really caught my interest in in this trailer that I and I saw it a couple of times, and when I kind of started watching it, my husband was like, no, that's not for me. And he would just kind of leave me to it. And so it kind of became this like little hour in lockdown that was just me. I kind of had no husband, no child, nobody bothering me. And as I watched it, it was kind of like, oh, this is a nice show. I enjoy it. I like the characters. I like the look of it. Um, I, I've grown up with my mum kind of watching on a on a Sunday night, all these kind of British crime dramas and I I like the fact that there was a little bit of a storyline that kind of went through throughout all the episodes and I like the little bit of romance between Eliza and William and I think that's kind of what drew me to it and then when I kind of got to the end of episode five I was very lucky that I hadn't watched that as it aired I'd kind of saved it a little bit because I hadn't had any time to watch it. And I ended up watching five and six back to back because I got to the end of episode five, I was like, I cannot leave that there. And I didn't know that there was nothing after episode six. But I kind of watched it and got to the end and was just like, I I need to go back to the beginning. I've not, I've clearly not paid enough attention and just kind of really fell in love as I rewatched it. And I got my, I bought the DVD so that my mum could watch it because um, Alibi here is a a paid for channel, and she doesn't have the Sky cable channels um, in the way that I do. So I kind of gave her it, and me and my mum started talking about it. And then I don't think I joined the Scarlet Tears group till December 2019 or 2020, December 2020 after it. So I was quite late to the group, I think. So it was really nice, actually, that when it aired in the U.S., it kind of brought a whole new lease of, of friends to to the group and everything. And I think that kind of like just re- really kept my interest in the show. And, and I, I've just kind of, as everybody else has fallen in love with the characters, I've fallen in love with them even more. And I think, as you guys have said, as, as people have kind of noticed things in the group, I've kind of gone oh I need I need to go back and rewatch that because I've missed it and like I remember joining one of the first Scarlet tears video calls that we've done and and chatting to to Isabel and you and you guys making a comment about Andrew in a scene and I'm like I I've missed that bit I need to go back and it's made me look at the characters in in different ways and it's just it's just one of these shows that you can't it feels like you can just sit and watch it and have it on in the background. But actually, if you watch it and you pay attention, there's so much more to it. And yeah, it, it's it's definitely stolen a piece of my heart. I agree with all of that. Well said. So what are some, uh, what's your favorite
0: character, Isabel?
1: You're actually asking me this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking for,
1: I'm asking for the fans. Oh, okay, sorry. But, sorry. And explain that
0: character a little
1: bit well i i actually i have a hard time picking just one favorite character because they're all great characters they all have their flaws and they're good and they're bad sides and they're just all lovely and and um i mean of course they're bad characters (laughs) as well but uh even the bad characters have something that makes them endearing but of course my top spot (laughs) favorite character has to be Rupert the lovely lovely Rupert Parker played by Andrew Gower of course um, Mm -hmm. because he's he's just such a sweet character and um, he's so supportive of um, Eliza and he's in the beginning I'm also trying not to spoil everything yeah (laughs) Um, in the beginning, he's he's almost like a little child. He's very insecure and completely under the control of his mother. Big shout out to Helen Norton, who plays Mrs. Parker, who's also a very lovely person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah th- then throughout the series, uh, Rupert becomes more and more secure in himself. And I mean, he's not... He still goes to Eliza for advice and um, he's still not the most. He's a hmm. bit of a pushover
0: in a nice way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I really like this development that he has as a character. And I really enjoy seeing it and all the great moments he has with Eliza, especially the one where they are, I think, in his drawing room both lying on the couch which I think would be very unusual for the time and talking and just he can be himself around her so I really I really love these scenes yeah they're good scenes
0: the way they they support and can be themselves with one another when they can't be with anybody else I really think that they can show their true selves with one another and find the support and understanding through you know that friendship
1: yes because eliza doesn't have that much support when she starts out because uh, i mean she's a woman in victorian times and at the time a woman well at a certain age she just got married and had children You didn't uh, start your own private detective agency (laughs) that was just not happening And uh, Rupert was the first one that really said, yes, I'll support you. I'll give you the money. And even Eliza's maid and best friend and substitute mother, Ivy, she's very... um...
2: I'd say she's very a woman of her time, Ivy. And she probably doesn't quite get Eliza being so gun-ho about being her own self and her independent self. And, you know, she's quite quick to want I um, Eliza to, to go off and marry yes. and thinks that's probably the best thing for her to go and do because that's kind of what is expected. So, yeah, uh, Eliza's definitely got a bit of an uphill struggle. Yeah. One of my,
0: f- my favourite characters, like you, Isabel, I struggle to pick one between Rupert and Moses, but I, I think Moses... Out bids i guess i don't know is just a little bit more of a favorite to me than rupert because maybe just moses is, plays a more pivotal role in eliza's life you know where she gets the support from rupert she also gets a different kind of support from moses one that she can't really tell anybody about and You know, it's kind of not underhanded, but Moses helps her with the more unseemly parts of her job. And I think, like Lindsay said before, we're not sure if Moses is a good guy or a bad guy. And I think the writer has left us not knowing if he's good or bad, like that tipping point, you know, oh he's good in this episode. Oh, he's kind of bad in this episode, but then he has this redeeming quality, but then he's doing this. That's not so good but he always has Eliza's well-being and he's never going to betray her I feel and so Moses is just my favorite character just the scene where not where they meet but the second time they meet where she then employs him I guess you would say do these tasks for me and I will pay you and kind of help you if you need and he's just like you don't belong in this world, don't come around here. But she still, every single time she goes where she should be. And Moses, if he's there, he always has her best interest at heart and doesn't want anything bad to come to Eliza. And so I think Moses is my favorite character. I mean, I love Rupert, but Moses is just a hair more.
1: You know, I just realized that, that really Rupert is the first to support Eliza without asking any questions. Everybody else, in, especially in the first few episodes, still tries to stop her or to tell her, well, it's not your place, you're a woman, you can't do that, you shouldn't do that, you should get married, and so on. And Rupert just doesn't ask a question. She asks him for help and he's like, yeah, sure, here it is. Mm -hmm. I think they
2: kind of both understand in a way that they're not ready to get married. I think they have that common interest at, at the very beginning. And I think that's what kind of draws them together. Yep.
0: Lindsay, who's your favorite character or scenes that they have?
2: I mean, for me, I think I have to kind of put Eliza front and center because she's definitely the character that I, that it drew she drew me to the show and she was the reason that I kind of wanted to watch. She's so kind of headstrong and and just she knows her own mind. She knows that this probably isn't what she should be doing, but she's gotta trust her own instincts. She doesn't get it right all the time and I love that. I would hate it if she did, because I think it shows that she needs to grow and she needs to learn and I just think she's she's she she holds herself true, and I think that is it's something she's somebody that I wish I could be a bit more like her. Just I'm generally quite a kind of quiet person, go with the flow. I don't tend to challenge too much, even when I probably should. And I I look at Eliza and I'm like, oh, I wish I could be a bit more like you. And you know when. I kind of feel actually, no, I don't want to be doing something or something I feel could could be done differently. I don't always speak up in a way that I should. And I'd look at, I I feel like I want to go, do you know what? What would Eliza do? Eliza would do this and I'm going to follow that. And she's just such this formidable force. And I think William kind of goes hand in hand with her for me because I think they are very similar and very kind of I I suppose they just sort of go hand in hand I love the fact that she can run her rings around him but equally I love the fact that he will stand up to her if he needs to he's not a doormat and I like the fact that when we do get to see them they are sort of quite equal usually in a lot of these kind of shows you you have this one really intelligent character and you have this one kind of sidekick behind them going, oh, how did you do that? And you kind of know with Eliza and William, they both probably could get to the same square. They do it differently because they're very different in how they actually work. You know, Eliza's very go with her gut, go with her instincts rightly wrongly just go with it whereas William is a, a police officer through and through and you can see he needs facts he needs figures he needs proof he's got his gut but he also knows he he can't just go well that person did it I'm going to arrest them he needs something to back it up and I just love the push and pull of these two they're so much fun and they're so much fun to watch and there's some lovely kind of sweet moments between them and and but equally there's also a lot of a lot of fight in them and it was just very it's a very different show to to anything that I think I've ever watched and I think these two are are definitely they're they're gonna they're gonna pull us along for a ride
0: I mean the fact that like you said they both arrive at the same spot there are literally episodes where Eliza's walking into a room, and William's there, or Williams walking into a room. and Eliza's there. They solve the case nearly at the same time, but through very different avenues because of yeah. the way they think, you know, so yeah, there is no oh, he's the dummy one, and she's just there to show how do they solve this case. They are very intelligent and they're well matched in their smarts and their intuitiveness it's just they go about in different ways
2: yeah and I like the fact that he doesn't help her <laughs> it sounds <laughs> really funny <laughs> but I think what you do have a lot of shows where you know you, you've got this person who shouldn't probably be be investigating these crimes and you end up having A police officer who's reluctantly getting them involved and and that but he I feel with him it's there's a reason that he doesn't want her to be involved in this it's and and he's not welcoming her with open arms and he probably shouldn't be welcoming her with open arms I think if he did if he was just like yeah hey come to Scotland Yard and help me with these cases we'd probably all be looking at him going, oh my goodness, you're, you're just a doormat. You know, yeah. she's just going to wipe the floor with you. But she doesn't. She can run her rings around him and she does on a number of occasions. But he, on first kind of viewing, he's like this really shouty, angry kind of guy. And when I went back and rewatched it, I was like, actually, you're not. There's There's a lot more to you yeah then first meets the eye and the two of them just they just go hand in hand for me I just think they're so much fun and and I love them
0: okay is there any specific for both of you any specific scene in the whole show that really stood out to you that was your most favorite the funniest you know that you really want to share with the fans who are listening I guess
2: I mean I have a couple Um, without giving away any spoilers I think that there is there's some lovely scenes throughout kind of peppered throughout all of the the episodes for me there's a particular one in episode five and Eliza's basically got herself stuck somewhere without giving away any spoilers and and William's got to go and find her and and try and get her out and it's this really lovely scene where he's trying to help her and it just kind of, I think the very first time I watched it, I, I just kind of sat up and was like, whoa, hang on, what have I missed? What have I been watching? Because that, it just really like changed the whole show for me and and really made me kind of sit up and go, "I hang on, I, I've missed something. I need to go back and rewatch this. And it's probably... The scenes that I've rewatched the most, but there's there's loads of little scenes throughout all the other episodes with various characters. Like I love the scenes with Honeychurch; he's definitely stolen a little piece <laughs> of my heart, dear Clarence. And I love Ivy; I just think she is somebody that I I want her to make me a cup of tea and you know sit down and have a chat with her because she'd just tell you stories all about Eliza and the trouble that she's got up to. <laughs> You know, and, and Rupert, I think he would make a lovely friend in in the sense that you'd probably, he'd probably drive you a little bit crazy because he can, he can talk about himself a lot. But uh-huh. equally, I think with push comes to shove, I think Rupert would have you back. As for, you know, Eliza's dad, Henry Scarlett, I just want to sit and cuddle him. I'm like, you are, he reminds me so much of my dad and the scenes with Eliza and Henry. You just feel their connection and their relationship. And even though he's kind of not there. And I think for me, I lost my dad five years ago and I feel a real connection with those two and those scenes. And I can totally buy how Eliza is feeling and why she's kind of got Henry on her mind. And I think there's a lot about Henry that we don't know because I think this idea of him is Eliza's kind of perfect image of him. And I hope that we find out a little bit more about Henry because I think there is a lot more to discover about him.
0: I think in episode five and especially six, we do find out that there is a lot that Eliza and then us through Eliza don't know about Henry and that there is just a whole load of things we need to discover. And hopefully we can discover more in season two. I agree with that. the Henry, that Eliza has this perfect image of him. She was, or he was her, you know, her only parent for the longest time because her mother died very young. And so Henry, taught her all that she knows and so with continuing her private detection agency she's both honoring Henry in many ways she's doing what he taught her she's carrying on his legacy and it, I mean it's a very special relationship that the two have but I do think that we don't know a tenth of Henry Scarlet
2: definitely you know. not I think yeah. there is there is definitely a lot more about him. There's there's little things that are kind of peppered through the, the the six episodes of season one that kind of make you question, you know, who is he? And definitely, I think, or I hope for season two that we we do delve a little bit more into him. Isabel, any favorite
1: scenes?
2: Favorite oh, funny?
1: <laughs> That's like picking your favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously, all most scenes with Rupert are among my favorites, um, especially the ones where he, that kind of start off the true friendship between Eliza and uh, Rupert, when he reveals a big, massive secret about himself to her, which puts himself in danger if if it ever came out. And... Then he's not sure if she will really keep this secret. And then there's this wonderful scene where she says, of course, I I won't tell anyone. And I think that's just so beautifully acted by both of them and, and such a lovely scene. And then you can really tell from the following episodes how their friendship develops. And I think that's really great. That's one of my favorites. Then I also like the flashback scenes that we got in episode one to young Eliza um, and her dad and the frog.
2: (laughs) Mrs. Dawkins.
1: Mrs. Dawkins, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I really like them because they explain also a lot more about the relationship between Henry and Eliza and how he taught her everything that she knows about detecting crimes and different poisons and so on and also how she was treated as a child and maybe explains why she's a bit of an outsider i mean she doesn't appear to have any or many friends any i would um, say any really yeah and um i think that is also explained through these scenes that she's even as a child she was a bit of an outsider and was bullied at school that was another one i wanted to mention now i forgot
0: <laughs> well i'll talk about my yes. favorite rupert scene was the very first moment we met rupert is with his mother and they're having tea with eliza and yes. just mrs parker is just this bigger than life character and even her clothes are so voluminous that it takes up probably of your screen space (laughs) and she I mean it's no wonder Rupert it's you know starts off a little bit cowed and like shy and timid I mean anybody would if they had a mother as strong-willed and boisterous and just getting her way but it's such a great scene because It's literally the second scene of the whole show that we get a sense of Eliza because something happens that you eventually go, oh, that's quintessential Eliza. Mrs. Parker and Rupert just stare at her and Eliza just nonchalantly slips the item out of sight and just goes back to pouring tea. And I mean, it's just a great episode. You get a sense of okay eliza's a character she she gets in these situations that aren't quite ladylike she doesn't care she will just pour you tea with a smile and move on like nothing's happening i'm always impressed how eliza's clothes stay so clean (laughs) (laughs) you know ivy does a really good job in cleaning the outfits i say so
1: yeah I remembered the scene I wanted to mention because you you said Ivy. I also really love uh, the scene between Ivy and Eliza. And I don't think that's a huge spoiler. I'm just going to mention it where Eliza teaches um, Ivy how to read. That's such a lovely scene and so touching. And for some reason, my room gets really dusty whenever I watch this (laughs) scene. (laughs) so yeah that's that's one of my favorites as well
2: yeah it's a lovely scene to kind of show Eliza can be very gung-ho and do what she wants without necessarily thinking about others and I think what's really nice about that scene with Ivy is it really shows her putting somebody else before her because she can come a lit- off a little bit selfish sometimes because she is so gun ho and I'm just going to go and do it. I don't care what somebody says. It's such a lovely, sweet moment, her putting somebody else first. And it's the fact that it's Ivy who is sort of like her kind of surrogate mother and she's trying to kind of help her better herself. And it is, And it's so beautifully acted as well. It gets a little misty over here, too. <laughs>
0: it is a good scene. And any scene with Mr. Potts in the mortuary is a must-see oh yes. scene. <laughs> Poor Mr. Potts. Yes. Yes.
2: The long-suffering oh. Mr. Potts. I think he, he's, he's going to have his work cut out with these two. I think, I hope that they're going to have a lot of fun with him in season two.
0: Oh, I hope so, too. There needs to be more Mr. Potts. And I just have to say, always learn how to hard boil an egg.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. Although I have to admit, I don't know how to boil an egg either. (gasps) I just, how do you know when it's done? It's just, you can't see it. Sorry. I've been having
2: boiled eggs for lunch over lockdowns because it was something easy and Honestly, every time it has boiled differently. I don't think I've ever got it right. Well, I have a, I guess, old
0: wives' tale or trick, I guess. But a friend taught it to me. You take out the egg and set it on the counter um, and then, like, spin it. If it wobbles all over the counter, it's not cooked. If it stays in the same spot, it's cooked. Oh, oh I will try that. Yeah. Okay. I mean... There's varying different ways of time and ways to boil the egg, but that tip of, like, spin the egg to see if it's cooked is... I mean, it's always worked for me, I guess, so...
2: I, I cook mine for the same time limit every time, and every time it comes out different.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, before this becomes a
2: how to hard boil an egg
0: um, <laughs> podcast... Um, so... The three of us are in the Facebook Scarlet Tears group and we just decided, um, Isabel and I decided one way to help with the period between season one and season two coming out is maybe to give the fans something to do or to listen to. And that's why we figured a podcast. And so that's why we're doing the podcast. Um, and we thought Lindsay would make an excellent co-host as well and so far she is well done (laughs) well done (laughs) isabel so that's why we're doing this kind of podcast um we're gonna have various themes each month um that we're gonna talk about we just want people to have something more to go to than the facebook group we're also on twitter under at Tears and instagram is at Tears, right isabel yes okay so at Tears, wherever and so we thought this podcast would be a fun thing to do we you know it's not hard for us to talk about our favorite show miss scarlet and the new so we wanted to have someplace else for people to go and to listen to people talk about their favorite shows as well i guess
1: so that's why we're here. So Yes, and we, we aim to have a new episode every month. I yes,
0: think. yes, that's what we're planning so far. Next month, we're going to talk about um, the characters Eliza and William, and also um, the actors who play Eliza and William. But the last portion of the podcast, I guess, we're going to have fan questions. If you have a fan question you want us to talk about, dealing with the theme so for next month eliza and william if you have a question or a theory you want us to talk about or anything eliza and william elated send us your questions at our facebook group twitter instagram um, we're going to have a facebook page for the podcast yeah give us your questions and we might answer them in the next podcast
2: Okay. yeah <laughs> anything else ladies want to talk about no nope. it's been a joy to chat about this with you two yes, yeah it
1: was a lot of fun it's my first podcast and um i think it went
2: well <laughs> yeah i yeah i look forward to it to a a number of more fun times
0: yes we have many many ideas for talking
1: so don't worry we'll be here as long as we can <laughs> i guess and um Maybe just one more thing. So um, the fans out there don't think it's just three of us like waffling on every month. (laughs) We we do plan to have guests on the podcast as well. Yeah. And I think that's all I'm going to say about them so far. Various types of guests and subjects
0: and themes. So it's not just going to be the same thing every month. So,
2: yeah don't watch worry this
1: space <laughs>
0: watch this space with jazz hands yes <laughs> yes okay i think that wraps up the first inaugural Scrub Tears podcast Woo-hoo. Yay. yeah <laughs> thanks for talking ladies
2: we'll see thank you, thank um... you for having
0: us yep see you later Thank you, everybody, for listening to this Scarlet Tears podcast. Music by Kevin McLeod, Incomentech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by attribute 4.0, license, http, colon, forward slash, forward slash, creativecommons.org, forward slash, licenses, forward slash, buy, forward slash, 4.0, forward slash.